1: for atlanta united and toronto tonight
0: it is match day and you can watch on apple tv's mlscs and pass and you will hear steve cangelosi on play by play steve thanks Ooh. for taking some time for us morning,
2: Steve. good morning jason and greg and thanks for having me thanks for the hospitality this is my first time setting foot in downtown atlanta outside the airport anyway, since the Atlanta Thrashers' final season in 2011. So I'm excited wow. to be back in the South.
0: Okay, hang up. It, it's on, funny. We can... Yeah, we were talking <laughs> hockey earlier, and, you know, I'm sure you saw the reports about NHL maybe coming back. Where do we send him, though? Where
1: He hasn't been here since then. What does he need to see in this city that wasn't here when he was here last Atlantic Station? Like or? everything, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. <Okay. laughs> earth,
0: yeah. Welcome to Atlanta. Um, Everything's it, new every 10 years.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to be here and especially to get a look at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the first time, because that's one of the different things, the dynamic with the Apple deal, right? For many years, I was doing regional telecasts up in New York with the New York Red Bulls, but we didn't travel for road games. They got away from that, so the fact that we're back and we're taking it all in just firsthand is a very exciting thing for everybody who's connected to this.
1: Steve, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game and the two teams, I want to ask you something, because you haven't been here, as you said, since the Thrashers but the conversation has has permeated throughout the league about what arthur blank has done with this team these guys have won a championship since you've here last what has been your reading of this atlanta uh, united team if i say thrashers forgive me because we were talking earlier <laughs> but if what is your now, thought what is your thoughts on this team and how it's been put together and run by arthur blank
2: from your seat my first, my overwhelming thought is envy uh just envy envious of everything That is the fan experience down here, which I've seen from afar, because one of the great struggles of Major League Soccer, I think, is rekindling the markets that started the whole thing back in 1996 and the metropolis that is New York, which has been my home for my entire life. The game doesn't resonate there yet as it has in Atlanta in such a short amount of time. I've been blown away only because I've been somewhat connected to the Atlanta sports scene as a New Yorker, Uh, the series between the Yankees and the Braves, the Mets and the Braves. And I've had my finger on the pulse, I think, just enough to, you know, sense the trials and tribulations of the sports scene down here, not to the extent that you guys have. And I didn't see this coming. I didn't see 67,000 on opening day, as was the case last week, being something that's expected by the fans. And to have it be one of the elite atmospheres, not only in MLS, but in the world, on the world stage, which is what Atlanta has created, I've been blown away by it, and now I'm anxious to see what's next.
0: I'd love to get your perspective now that you guys have a week in the books with Apple TV and MLS season past, Just what the whole experience has been from you going from working, calling one team and not traveling, like you said, to what Apple TV is doing for the league right now.
2: Yeah, and I had one partner, Shet Messing and I, were the longest tenured combination in the league among all the regional partners, right? So Mm -hmm. there is uh, an adjustment for, for everybody, including myself. I think one of the misconceptions, Greg, is that a lot of the teams throughout the league had a Homer broadcast. Uh, At at least for us in New York, we never felt that we treated it that way. But what we did was try to speak to our audience. So when we did Red Bulls telecasts all those years in New York, our attention to storylines during the course of a game really would be about 70-30 because we're talking to our audience. 70% New York and the 30% to the opposition. Now you try to get that as close to 50-50 as possible. And I understand what the adjustment is for the fans here as well. You guys know it down here in Atlanta. You were treated to a wonderful uh, team down here with Kevin and Maurice and Jillian. Those guys are my friends. And I get it, what the fans are losing with this package. You're losing that comfortable old shoe, that thing that made you feel, you know, you were at home when you heard the voices of Egan, Sakovitz and Adu. And we've entered this new age now. But I think that as we move along fans are going to love it they're going to get a little bit of a different take on their team a different set of eyes on the same product sometimes is not the worst thing and i think as we get deeper into this a year or two away i think people only then are going to try to are really going to kind of get the sense of what all of this is about there's going to be terrific content, and your team and this league are going to be covered in a way that it's never been covered before.
0: It just it feels like a brand-new dawn for the league as you kind of surf through MLS season pass and check out all of the content that just wasn't there, frankly, in the past about the league. Let's get into the game tonight. You have a really interesting storyline, I think, coming in with Atlanta United, stoppage time, comeback last week, and Toronto FC stoppage time failure last week. You know, what are you kind of looking at as you've gotten to know these two teams and caught up with them ahead of tonight?
2: Yeah, the dynamic certainly is interesting because you had one team that was winning in the 90th minute and lost, another team that was losing in the 90th minute and won. Uh, and Tiago Almada steals the show at the end. I spoke with Bob Bradley on Thursday, and his overwhelming thought from that game the loss against D.C. United, other than obviously the disappointment and how it ended and leaving with no points, he felt that the game itself was mostly something that Toronto could be proud of because he liked the way they managed the game after Lorenzo Insigne left in the 34th minute due to injury and managed the game to a point where they were able to take a 2 to 1 lead on the road. So there were some good things to come out of that, everything except the result. And conversely with Atlanta, I think that you guys probably as I was was and when I played the game back was saying what's happening with this team? Nothing is nothing is clean. None of the balls they're playing ahead are where I expect them to be. The shots are coming too much from distance, and then suddenly Almada saves them at the end. Uh, the result is what you hang your hat on. Uh, Tiago Almada, to me, is the center point of all conversation today because it wasn't just the heroics at the end. Obviously, that's what gets him player of the week. That's what gets him uh, on the highlight reels all around the world. But I thought overall... His game was just fantastic, wasn't it? He had Mm -hmm. more touches than I think any other player in the league except for Hector Herrera. And to me, he's worth the price of admission watching him accelerate on the ball. I'm interested to see today if Yakomakis gets in the game, and I think he will at some point, what that does if he creates space up top and... If Derek Etienne Jr. gets a start today and he creates space wide left, just what that does for the amount of room that Tiago Almada has to operate. And if he gets the space that I think he might be afforded today, I'd say look out.
0: Talking about players who are worth the price of admission, Almada might be the most talented in the league, but right behind him, and Toronto even without Lorenzo Insigne potentially is questionable for tonight. Federico Bernardeschi is a player who maybe because Insigne got all those headlines, Bernardeschi might fly under the radar just a little bit. An unbelievable talent.
2: He is, and he was as good as advertised last season. Let's not forget that. You know, he scored eight times. He uh, assisted on, I think, three others in fewer than 1,100 minutes on the field. And I think Insigne, in some ways, along with Michael Bradley, by the way, let's not forget their longest – uh, you know, One of their longest tenured players with Asorio, and one of the faces of the franchise. But Bernadeschi is – Uh, someone who will not fly under the radar. His personality just doesn't lend itself to that. He scored, obviously, on the penalty. He factored into the second goal that they scored in D.C. And if you watch that game back, he was consistently fouled, too. He was fouled four times in that game. He's someone who can take over the game individually as Almada can. What I noticed in that game, and something I'm going to be looking for this afternoon, is that Toronto was a lot better when his game drifted centrally. Uh, a bit more because that did two things. Bernadeschi, I think, was more dangerous on the inside and it opened space for Richie Larea, uh to make his runs from the right fullback position. And I thought Toronto was better once they adopted that philosophy. I think they got, might go to that earlier rather than later. Insigne, I'm not expecting him to play, guys. I, I don't have confirmation on that. I doubt he made the trip. They have their home opener next week. Why not do this right if you're Toronto? Give them the extra week. That game will be on a natural surface at BMO as well.
0: Steve Cangelosi of Apple TV's MLS season pass hanging out with us on 92-9 the game this morning. Steve, another big story for a- Atlanta last week was the return from injury of Miles Robinson and Brad Kazan. And when we talk about twenty twenty-two in Atlanta, injuries were the the theme. How important, in, in your mind, is it getting those two guys back to kind of marshal the defense?
2: Yeah, I spoke with Miles on Thursday as well. And the way it is that you can't really verbalize the value of meaningful minutes for the first time in Knox. Uh, I don't know what he should but he said he was so down. After the Achilles injury last year, that he couldn't watch his team play for a couple of months. I'm not sure that's entirely accurate, but I got you know the certain you know gist of what he was trying to tell us that this was something that was devastating in so many ways. It's a cup guys, mm-hmm. uh, you only get so many kicks at that can get it. Uh, I'm interested to see how his relationship with Purata as those two you know develop as the center back tandem here and I think they will be that for some time. Uh because I know Perata has his sights set on starting for the Mexican national team. He's openly said that to me in the lead up to this game. He needs for Atlanta United to be the avenue by which he can start for El Tree. And that's you know if you want to say that's something that's ambitious moving forward Fine, but I like the mindset. So much of what the team last year was based on who was not playing, and to see them move past that is a wonderful thing. Guzan had those two big moments that if he does not have them, then maybe Al-Mod is not in position to be the hero last week. I'm interested to see Brad come back, and I want to see what kind of level he plays at consistently. He's not a young guy. You know, He's 38 now, I believe, right? And he was limited to only seven games last year, but I thought the first sign for Guzan last week was a very good sign coming back into the fall. Steve
1: Cangelozzi, Apple TV, joining Sam and Greg. Jason Longshore in for Mr. Crenshaw, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Game 92.9thegame.com. Speaking for our audience, especially those soccer fans out there – you guys did a great breakdown. I mean, I was that was wonderful. Me shutting up and listening to you two go on, that's, that's exact. No, see, Steve, you don't get it. I I am not the biggest soccer fan, so as Jason has sat in. I'm working for, or, on it. He's, he's educating me. I'm not that guy who's closed-minded. I want to know. He's got me saying names up here, Your Yorgos. Did I get it right? Yeah, you're getting it. You're getting it. Okay, you're getting so it. We've progressed. <laughs> We've had some fun throwing arrows at me. But I do have a question for both of you guys because – I do know enough about the sport and this guy to know that this has got to be some news. Words coming out of the commissioner's mouth, the MLS commissioner, Don Gar- uh, Garber, this past week saying he's thinking outside the box, trying to bring Lionel Messi to play in the United States. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think the chances of that happening are? And why having uh, this conversation now?
2: Uh, On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to put it at better than 5, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh. I think that this is one of the very few athletes in the world. And I think we can count them on less than one hand where the world is his oyster and many different people are tugging at him. And we are not privy to who's doing all the tugging here. I know major league soccer wants him. What would it mean for MLS in a word game changer? Okay. Uh, What it does, is change the dynamic of so many things. You know, so much of the deal with Apple, which we are in the first year of 10 years and it's a global deal. Don't forget that. That's very important. What does that do for subscriptions of this league in places like South America, in places like Spain, where Lionel Messi has spent most of his life uh, from the time where he was a 13 year old kid? In the family at Barcelona. Um, What does it do for MLS moving forward? Think about this guys. How many games do we look at if Messi was to get here? Where schedules have to be rearranged, where certain stadiums were supposed to be hosting games, but now the Messi dynamic changes that. If Inter Miami goes to LA to play the Galaxy, do they play at Carson, California? Or do they move the game into SoFi if it's available? If he comes to New York to play either NYCFC or the Red Bulls, is MetLife Stadium suddenly a possibility? Is the demand to see Lionel Messi much where so many things have to be cabled and rethought? That, to me, is one of the interesting things. And let's not forget he's still one of the three most talented players in the world, if not the most talented, even at this advanced stage of his career. It means a lot. I can't, uh, You'd have to give up the rest of the show for us to get into this. <laughs> well, no, yeah. it,
1: it is funny you say that because, see, again, with my limited knowledge, what I do know, this has done, been done before. We've seen this. We saw a guy named Pelé at the end of his career come to America and become – just this household name in this country, where soccer wasn't being played at the time being, and, and as I remember, what was it, the, New, the New York team he was with?
0: Oh, the Cosmos. The Cosmos. He was with the Cut. Co- yeah, but wasn't yeah, this? he some, was with the Cosmos.
1: Wouldn't this be a similar play, somewhat?
0: The the foundation is so much uh, better now. I, I think it it goes from you know trying to get a like a bottle rocket into the air at that time. Not that Pelé was small time, but the fact that soccer was in this country to now, I mean, it's a rocket ship. If Messi comes to the United States.
2: Like, yeah. J- Jason, J- Jason's hitting the nail on the head. I mean, this, we weren't ready for Pelé yeah. when he came to New York. We simply were not ready. They were playing games at a small rundown field initially on Randall's Island in New York before they opened up giant stadium. Now, we're so much more advanced as a soccer nation where the impact of a Messi uh, would, I, I, I believe, dwarf what the impact of Pelé was more than 40 years ago. Uh, it, it's a different world now. We're a different soccer nation.
0: Thanks so much, Steve. We appreciate it. Hey, we didn't man. mean to keep you quite as long as we no, did, this but has been it was great. So good. This has
1: been great. Again, we got uh, Atlanta United, Toronto on Star 94, pregame 7 o'clock, kick at 7.30. And Mr. Cangelosi, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Can we get this guy back on here? Of course. Me even when you ain't here. I, I think we can make that okay. happen,
2: <laughs> Steve. Yeah, in- I tell you what, I only have my schedule for the first eight weeks of the season. Might I be back? Absolutely. I'm certainly hoping I am. That's there we the go. Invite you know? guys. Okay. You got a Thanks, phone. Steve.
1: You got a phone up there too, so we can give you a call. <laughs> there you go. Steve Cangelosi from Apple TV joining us here this morning. Thanks, man. That was a great get.